Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another brand new episode of It's My House podcast. I am, of course, as always, your host, Chris Dees, and my guest today, well, he's living proof that any man with two hands has a fighting chance. He has multiple victories over the great AJ Styles, and just so happened to be a part of one of the most controversial and talked about moments in the last five, ten years in WWE history. He is, of course, the one and only Mr. James Owlsworth. James, thank you for joining me, man. How's it going? Good man, thanks for that awesome introduction. <laughs> oh, you're welcome, man. I look, I, I, I take pride in my intros. Um, how's how's things over in America? Obviously, like things are getting back to normal now. What's the last sort of year and a half been like for you? Yeah, so everything's getting back to normal. I think pretty much, um, pandemics being pushed aside now. Everyone's getting vaccinated and taking their masks off and getting back to doing what they like to do. Last year and a half, I, you know. I, I tried to stay as normal as possible. I still wrestled as much as I could. I still, you know, uh, went out in public as much as I could. I, you know, I was very, I was cautious, but I, you know, you only live once, man. And I didn't want to get away from the normalcy too much. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. And over, over here, over here in the UK, we've got literally one week now, the 19th, a week today is when everything, everything's over. All the restrictions are off. Everything's back to normal. No masks. All the shops are open again. It's it's so close. It's just like just just over the horizon, man. It's so close. I'm so excited. Um, right. Let's let's get into it, man. One of the first things I wanted to to speak to you about was obviously the way you you first came into WWE, which is obviously how how most people know you from. I know obviously you're a big name on the indies, but most people are familiar with you from your time in WWE. Um, what was it like for you to so quickly come from? Obviously, you were you were thrust into the ring. We'd never seen you before, just to be completely killed by by Braun Strowman as part of that whole thing that he was doing for a little while. But obviously, the fans really got behind you. You were trending on Twitter. You were the talk of the internet wrestling community. And then all of a sudden, people were were pining for you to come back. What was what was that like for you to go so quickly from relatively unknown to all of a sudden everybody wants James Ellsworth? Well, it's crazy, man. Up until that point, I wrestled 14 years on the Indies, but I was never a real big name on the Indies. I, you know, I wasn't handed like a lot of opportunities um, just because, I, you know, I don't look like your everyday wrestler. So I was I always knew I, I could be entertaining and I always knew I could whatever audience you put me in front of, I could make that audience react. But yeah, once I did the Strowman match, it's funny, you bring up like the internet wrestling community and the memes and, and all the support, which I appreciate it. That's not what did it. It's that day when I wrestled Strowman, after I was done the match, Vince McMahon was looking for me. And when he found me, he shook my hand and he said, great job out there. I'm going to hire you. And oh, wow. I, and I said, <laughs> I thought he was kidding. I was like, oh, thank you. He goes, no, I'll be in touch. And he thought for a while, what am I going to do with this guy? He just thought I cut a good promo. He thought I sold well. He thought I looked different and thought I had something. And, you know, six weeks later, he hired me. And so, 
uh, <laughs> it was just unbelievable, man. Like the internet, uh, you know, we like a lot of people are in the internet bubble. Like the majority of wrestling fans aren't on the internet. Like your casual fans, your yeah, your moms, and dads, and kids. Like they're not on the internet. They they come to the show, they enjoy it. They don't get in anybody's business, and they they uh, just want to be entertained and have fun. Um, there is a there is a large internet wrestling community. It's a loud minority of actual fan. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was Vince McMahon, man. He just saw something in me, and I was very blessed and fortunate that he did, and it worked out for all of us. I mean, he hired me. My T-shirt was the number one seller for a month, and yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> I feel like whatever they put me in works. Like I felt like it, you know. But um, yeah, man, I I always tell everybody I had such a great time, and I appreciated the opportunity that he gave me. Yeah, man, absolutely. What What were those conversations with Vince like? Did he Did he make it clear that he wanted you to be like a comedy character straight away, or he? So they were like, anytime I got to talk to him. It was all business. This is what we're doing. And this is what we want you to do. Like, you know, um, yeah, obviously, I, the average guy there is, what, 6'1", 6'2", 220, the average guy. Yeah. I'm 5'8", 165, you know, so. <laughs> and I didn't go through NXT in the Performance Center. And they have time and money invested in people who did go through the Performance Center or NXT. So, obviously, they got to try to get their money's worth out of those people uh, that went through that so i was like he right away he told me all like stuff like that like hey you know we're gonna get whatever we can out of you right now and then you know every now and then we'll bring you back and we'll do stuff and like right away he told me that i'm like man i really want to stay here forever because i was enjoying myself but i understood <laughs> it like the business part and um yeah he anytime i got to talk to him he was very professional very fun like i always got a kick out of him because growing up i've, I've been watching this battle by tv since 1988 you know so, like i'm like <laughs> This guy's right in front of me. He's my boss now, and he's talking to me. And this is just so cool. That's how I felt about it. You know? <laughs> well, um, well, obviously, a lot of the quips and the promos and your interactions with other wrestlers, a lot of it was based around the way that you looked. And obviously, you you mentioned that just a minute ago that you don't look like your your typical wrestler, or at least the wrestlers that we see in WWE. Anyway, um, right. but were you okay with that? Was was that? Did you ever feel like they were taking advantage of you or were you quite happy to be a part of that sort of like... Because WWE has moved away from bullying and, and mockery sort of storylines over the years, hasn't it? So then when it came back to that with you, I was a little bit surprised that they'd gone back to that during this, you know, PG era and trying to get kids involved. Were you were you comfortable with it? Oh, absolutely, man. I, I have thick skin. I don't get offended by anything. Like, I just, you know, people... <laughs> always get the wrong mindset of when things I think and people are like these days are they pretend to be offended easy and they pretend to have their feelings or and I do say pretend because that's the majority that's how it is but yeah. main man no, this is all supposed to be fun this is wrestling it's supposed to be a good time I don't <laughs> care who says what if, if especially like JBL and commentary will be saying like the most harsh things about me but I knew that was helping me get sympathy and, and people feel bad for me so I loved it I, I would help like before the show I would give JBL lines to say about me and he would just laugh oh, wow. <laughs> like you know and he would say the line so, like it, I didn't mind it all bad like I said I've fixed skin I mean if you get into wrestling you should um man times are changing but yeah it, it's all in fun to be man this is all supposed to be a good time that's the way I look at it yeah you gotta learn to laugh at yourself I mean yeah it's important just in life in general you gotta be able to take a joke and, and not Absolutely. take it seriously 
Yeah, the, the sticks and stones break my bones, but words may never hurt me. Line, I, I, I live by that. So, <laughs> bumps and choke slams and suplexes can break your bones, but yeah. Oh, well, uh, they all hurt. <laughs> that, that all hurts. <laughs> so, what, um, what was like the reception with guys that you know in the indies? Like to see you all of a sudden pop up in WWE and then boom, like you said, six weeks later, you've got a contract without having really done any, I guess, without really having showcased any real wrestling was there like guys obviously bust their asses on the on the independent scene i know you did that for 14 years but then on tv we didn't really see much wrestling from you did we so was there ever any jealousy amongst other indie guys that are desperate to get to wwe well you know i i hate the word jealousy but it is a real thing and i i don't like it because i believe we're all human at the end of the day we, we're all good at we we all have the same ending it, not in the same way, but it, it ends the same for all of us. So in my humble opinion, no one should be jealous of anyone, but I did feel a lot of jealousy and uh, I always did understand it. But the people that knew me and knew me for a long time, very happy for me. The ones that know me personally, been around me a lot. Um, I got a lot of love from the people who actually knew me. Um, but yeah, like from other people, they, they don't under, and I think it's people that really don't understand how the business works. Like, I was something that Vince saw something in and was getting over with the audience. So they had to take advantage of it. They had to make money off of it because it was a hot commodity at the time. Um, that's just a business decision. And, you know, Vince, at his time, like they, they gave me, you know, I was on TV 2016, 17 and 18. So for those three years, I was on WWE television. They gave me a lot of promos on television. They gave me a lot of backstages because man, like I, it, it, that part of wrestling to me is fun and easy and you know, like it doesn't, I don't get stressed about it. I don't, you know, think much about it. I'm just like, okay, well, this is what the, you know, I kind of feel like I'm a, I'm a bad guy right now. I'm a heel. I'll say something real annoying that the audience will get upset at it. If I'm a baby face, I'll, you know, sell and, and act like I'm really giving this a try and put my heart into it. Like, so when, when you understand wrestling, you understand that's what it is. It's storytelling and it's selling the story that you're being presented. That's how you get over. And that's how people will always remember you. Um, you know, wrestling is great. I love to wrestle, actually wrestle and lock up and, you know, do chain wrestling. And, uh, you know, I, I, I enjoy that stuff and I enjoy doing it, but that's not what sells tickets. It's, 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 um, oh, I'm sorry about that. It's, it's the, uh, you know, it's the storytelling and it's it's the characterization, it's the facial expressions, it's it's all that theatrics that sell the story, and that's why uh, I did as good as I did. It had nothing to do with if I could do a lion salt, <laughs> you know. So, yeah, man, I had um, I had Al Snow join me recently, um, and he he said something similar because obviously now he's a trainer, and one of the first things that he trains his students on is don't come in wanting to be the best wrestler. Wrestling's great, but wrestling's only going to get you so far. And, and like you just said, if you can't entertain, if you can't get over, some some of the best wrestlers in the business now aren't the best wrestlers. You know, um, there's obviously safe pairs of hands like Randy Orton, but Randy Orton, for me, I've never seen Randy Orton as the best technical wrestler in the world. But he's up right at the top of my list as one of the best wrestlers in the world because he makes me want to watch. You know, and I think that was that was the same for you. Did you did you ever? Were you ever annoyed at how little you got to wrestle? You know, I again, I enjoyed wrestling, but no, like I was very appreciative that I was on TV a lot because there's guys 
like that were there, you know, I, like I said, I was, I was there 2016, 17, 18. So for those three years, um, and I was, like, I was on TV almost every week, especially in 2017, I was on TV a lot. And there's been guys that have been there for 10 years that didn't get as much TV time as I did in three. You know what I mean? So like, yeah. I, I, I appreciated just being on screen and getting to tell stories. Like you know, if my character personally, wrestled more than it did it wouldn't be as special when when i did get to wrestle it was special because it didn't happen all the time it's like oh my god ellsworth wrestling john cena and tonight it was me and carmella against john cena and nikki bella i hadn't wrestled in like nine months and then they gave me that match <laughs> or, or whatever it was um yeah, it was probably yeah probably like five or six months i hadn't wrestled and they, they gave me that match and they're like holy crap john cena's gonna wrestle james ellsworth and they <laughs> looked forward to it if i was wrestling every week and just getting beat up every week it, get beat every week it doesn't mean anything so yeah. then when I, when I wrestled cena it was like april 2017 i didn't wrestle again on tv i don't think it's like november of 2017 when i wrestled becky and it, like the crowd if you go back and watch that match it was over there in the uk yeah. every chant every chant was directed toward me and Becky Lynch is a huge star. I'm in there with Becky Lynch and she's great. I love her. And she's, she's the best. She's, she really is. But if you watch that match, every chance Becky's going to kill you as directed towards me, where's your, <laughs> where's your chin? Ellsworth sucks. Like everything was directed because they were excited that I was wrestling. I hadn't wrestled in a while on TV. Like, and then I came, when I came back and I wrestled Oscar a few times, like people were interested, you know? So if I was just wrestling every week and get beat up every week, it would not have been as special and people wouldn't have remembered half of what I did. Yeah, absolutely. Less is more. Like yeah, you say, less absolutely. is more, man. That's a really good way of looking at it. Because, um, yeah, I think, as you say, guys that are on TV every week, it just sort of blends into one. You know, really remember those moments. But everything you just mentioned there, as you were mentioning, I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, he faced Oscar twice. Oh, yeah, he faced Becky Lynch. And they were all great moments. Um, and and like, obviously... That's a lot of big names for you to come in and all of a sudden you started with Strowman, there's been Becky, there's been Cena, there's been AJ Styles, Dean Ambrose. What, what was it like when these things were pitched to you? Because like you hold, is it three or four victories over AJ? I, three times, three times in a row. Uh, they had That's crazy. That's crazy. It, and people remember that, man. That's, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like I remember I got to the arena the first time I was wrestling. I thought I was wrestling the Miz. Because a couple of weeks prior on SmackDown, The Miz had attacked me at the entranceway when I was supposed to team with AJ against John Cena and Dean Ambrose. The Miz attacked me, beat me up, and took my spot. So that day, they were like, yeah, we're going to bring you back and wrestle The Miz. And then I was like, okay. So I come back a couple of weeks later, and I'm like, and I'm like watching all these Miz matches on YouTube, just get myself ready for it. And I'm like, oh, man, this is going to be easy. This is easy to wrestle. Like, he's, he's, I mean, there, there's nothing to it. Like, he's just uh, a character and he does this easy stuff in the ring. So they get there and like, yeah, it's um, you versus AJ. And it was Adam Pierce who first told me, he's like, what if I told you you were pinning the world champion tonight? And I laughed. I was like, I wouldn't believe you. He goes, I wouldn't lie to you. And he walked away. I'm like, yeah, right. Whatever. I didn't know Adam too well at the time, but I, I just thought he was kidding. So then, I sit down and I'm eating at catering and AJ Styles sits down next to me. And he's like, ha ha, you and I tonight, kid. And I was like, and I, and I said to AJ, I was like, yeah, okay, I, I wish. He goes, no, really, it, it's you and I. 
And I was like, well, what's going on here? And then Arn Anderson walked up to me. He's like, hey, I'm the agent for your match. It's you and AJ. He goes, Ambrose is going to be the referee. And I go, oh, Ambrose is the referee. So I am winning. Right there, I knew I was, I was like, they're going to have <laughs> Ambrose do something. And he's going to put Ellsworth's arm over AJ. And I'm going to win. I'm like, that, that's crazy. Yeah, I thought to myself, that's crazy. So they did it. And then afterward, I, they didn't tell me this. I'm on Talking Smack live with Daniel Bryan and Renee young and they go next week james ellsworth's gonna get a wwe title match i'm like wait what <laughs> like right there i'm like are you <laughs> like and yeah then they did the whole dq thing with aj and i in the title match which that match is so fun to watch if you haven't seen it it's so entertaining and then my f- personal favorite i had against them was uh the ladder match for my contract and um that was a lot of fun being in that. I, I wish I got to wrestle him more because I was just so comfortable with him more. More, I was nervous the first time I wrestled him. So nervous because I have so much respect for his ability and so much respect for him overall. Like he's just a great guy and one of the best wrestlers in the world. Um, but more and more, I got comfortable with him. I was like, man, I wish I could wrestle now because I'm so comfortable with just being around him and being there. Well, like, but um, what we did. It's still, it's been five years and people still come up to me today. I was in Walmart. People are like, Hey man, I remember when you beat AJ. And I'm like, that's five years ago. And people remember that, you know, people are still talking. That's half a decade ago now. And people are still talking about it. So cool. Crazy. Would you, would you go back? Have there been any talks? I mean, it sounds like you'd go back. It sounds like you loved it there, but have there been any talks at all for you to go back since 2018? I know obviously COVID scuppered everything uh, is, is there anything that you want to go back and do in WWE or are you happy getting back onto the indies now that things are back to normal I, I enjoy the indies I'm hoping like with the WWE stuff obviously if they I would go back at any point because I enjoyed it so much but I, I'm thinking you know I'm, I'm a realist so you know how like sometimes the boogeyman comes back or sometimes Hornswoggle comes back yeah I'm thinking maybe I'm just guessing maybe that's their mindset with me. Like, Oh, every now and then we'll bring them back to be in the Royal rumble. We'll bring them back to try to help Carmella. And, and he accidentally screws her over or we'll bring them back to, you know, maybe AJ calls out his toughest opponent, James Ellsworth walks out, or maybe uh, he, out of nowhere, I pop up and won a 24 seven title for a day and our truth beats me back. Like you just, there's so much you can do with it, but um, that's where my mind is. I, hopefully they they're thinking the same thing at least, you know, It'd be stupid not to, man, because honestly, some of, some of your stuff over those three years was some of the most entertaining content that WWE put out. It really was. And especially, um, you mentioned Carmella in there. I've got to ask you about that whole going up, pulling down the briefcase on her behalf, how controversial that was, because obviously we, we were really in the middle of giving women a chance and pushing them towards the main event. And then obviously to see a man go up there who wasn't even really like a full-time wrestler on the roster to go up and take that that away from her was was a huge huge deal a huge talking point obviously they then went and you know corrected that mistake that they made within within was like a week later or two weeks later i think it was um did, did you ever get any backlash from that whether it was from fans or from from anybody within the industry what was it like for you being a part of something that was like literally talked about everywhere by everybody Man, so it worked. And what I mean by it worked oh, is people, and maybe yourself included, think that they did that second Money in the Bank ladder match two weeks later on SmackDown 
because they got so much backlash, which is not true at all. They knew they were going to do the second one before we ever did the first one. Oh, okay. It was Vince's idea. Vince goes, we got to get some heat on Carmella and Ellsworth because at, at the hell shows, we were getting cheered. Me and Carmella, when we were like before the money in the bank, we were coming out at the house shows that people just remember me being goofy with AJ and Carmella's beautiful woman and she's entertaining. So we're getting cheered. So he's like, we need to get some heat on them. I want Carmella to start getting pushed. He's like, so the way we get the heat, Ellsworth climbs the ladder. He gives her the briefcase and then we'll get a lot of backlash for it. But then we'll pop a rating on SmackDown because we'll have another one where she kind of grabs it herself. But this will be like their big moment. And he was right, man. He was right about it all. <laughs> he like, so that was the most talked about moment from that pay-per-view. And then the SmackDown um, that we did a week or two later and did the second one, 600,000 people more watched that SmackDown than the week before. 600,000 people. It popped the rating. And he's a genius. He, whenever he feels like being a genius, <laughs> he, he's a genius. Like, it worked. I loved it, man. Like, I loved all the backlash. I loved all – because, like I said, I have thick skin. I just laughed at it all. I'm like, you guys are getting worked here. It's You're you're falling right into our plan. <laughs> like, and it's and it's all good. Um, You know, I, I – that'll be remembered forever. And it, it, every year when there's a money in the bank, they're going to be like, yo, remember the first one, the first women's one. Do you, do you remember what happened? Every 20 years from now, I'm like, man, I remember, you know, when I was – 15 and I was watching the first ever women's money in the bank and they had to do James Ellsworth fly to grab that 20 years from now a 35 year old man's gonna be saying that you know so <laughs> I, I loved it I I man like there's I, I hope at some point they give me a opportunity to come back and try it again and maybe something will happen to me you know when I try it again but it was cool man that that's what's missing in wrestling that controversy creates cash is an Eric Bischoff book and it's so true. You have to be controversial to get people's attention, full on attention. And um, that's what we did there. And they don't do stuff like that a lot anymore. And I wish they would because it works. And yet people say that Vince doesn't know what he's doing. You know, things things like that just go to prove that he does. Um, I know obviously things, things haven't been as good in WWE recently. Like obviously... As as a big wrestling fan, I see I see that you you tweet things about what's going on in wrestling all the time. So you're obviously quite you you keep up with with the industry yeah. and the business. But what what do you think? I know you just said that the controversial moments are missing a bit more these days. But what do you think? What do you think's missing from WWE in general that has made ratings drop so much? Because obviously, even even just in the time since you were last around in 2018, ratings have dropped substantially. I know. SmackDown, not as much. NXT is pretty much just ticking along, but Raw is obviously at literally its all-time low. What What do you think as a fan, as somebody just watching, if you step away from being a wrestler, what do you want to see WWE do differently? It's always been, in my opinion, a star-driven business. And what I mean by that is they don't have those A stars right now other than Roman Reigns, and Randy Orton, like those are like your people know them, but you know, like AJ, I love Daniel Bryan, I love all that. those are wrestlers that people know, but like not outside of wrestling. Yeah. Like if I say if I anytime somebody recognized me, oh he he was a wrestler in WWE, and they'd be like, oh who'd you wrestle? I don't say AJ Styles because that person ain't gonna know them because they don't watch wrestling. I say John Cena. I'm like oh I wrestled John Cena before, yeah. and their eyes light up and they're, they're like you wrestled <laughs> John Cena. 
because they know him. That's what it's missing, man, is the star power. Like every week when AEW was beating NXT in the ratings, everybody's like, how could this happen? What is that? What? But I'm like, you really don't get it. Like NXT is their, it's like their triple A, like triple A mm-hmm. baseball. It's, yeah. it's their, you know, farm system. There's no stars there. Like you turn on AEW, there's Chris Jericho, there's Matt Hardy, there's Sting, there's John Moxley, there's like even like like Rusev's a bigger star than everyone won NXT. So like I'm like, I, it, it shocked me that there was times that NXT won the ratings. I'm like, really? Like that, you know, NXT is a great show, but it's not. There's no stars. You have to create stars, and I don't know if they want to anymore. I know there's that mystique of they, they don't want to anymore. Or they're just like, uh, um, you know, the fans not being there for the last 15 months has hurt a lot, too. Um, That you can't dude. I'm so tired of looking at the Thunderdome. I think we have to look at it one more time tonight. Yeah. Yeah. And tired of good hats off to them (laughs) for trying that. You know what I mean? Like that, that's great. It was a great idea at the time for the pandemic. God, it it got old quick. But now your your stars, (laughs) your storytelling. And you got to let guys, if guys are getting over organically, you got to just let it happen. Like, I remember being there in Rusev. I brought him up. The Rusev Day thing got over it. And everyone was buying Rusev Day t-shirts. And um, people, every house show I, I was going to and he was on, people were just going nuts for him. Then I, I just saw him take Aiden English away from him, take Lionel away from him, turn him heel. I'm like, this guy was over. Like, what are you doing? Like, what, it, like, like, like Otis recently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A year ago, Otis was red hot. I mean, every time you watch him, it was entertaining. It was fun. They put Mandy Rose with them in a little country girl outfit. People love that. Next thing you know, Mandy Rose is away from him. They cut his hair. They turn him heel. And now, like, I don't enjoy watching Otis anymore. Nothing against Otis. But they took everything that was right with them, and they took it all away. So that that's, I, in my humble opinion, that's what's wrong. They're there's no stars and a lot of it is because if people are getting over it's like a lot of times it's i don't know why um but a lot of times it's taken away but like roman reigns for instance he's a star when he wasn't on smackdown the ratings were down and then when he came back they went up like two three hundred thousand people all these numbers are there for people to see because he's he's a star and he's not even like a john cena star but he's like he's the biggest star they have in WWE right now is him. Yeah, yeah. You know, and then they lost Becky Lynch. I mean, not lost her. She got, you know, she had her uh, child. And then, you know, like she's big. She got over. She was a big star that Brock left. Brock's a huge star. It's a star driven business. You have to have stars on the show. If you didn't need that AEW wouldn't, wouldn't have went out and got Sting or Jericho or Matt Hardy or, you know what I mean? You need that. And it's hard right now. Everyone's like, the ratings aren't great across the board. They're, they're not good. And hopefully it gets better. Hopefully fans be in their help and hopefully they will create new stars. And I remember like 93, 94, 95, WWE was in a rut. Hogan had left. And all of a sudden the Undertaker got, you know, like 96, the Undertaker, Stone Cold, Triple H, The Rock, they all stepped up. And all of a sudden you had all these brand new stars and it was fun to watch. And Hopefully that's what happens again. Yeah, man. Do you think there's any any truth to the rumors that Vince doesn't want to build stars at the moment because they're, they're getting ready to maybe sell the company within the next sort of five or so years? I think it makes sense because you don't want 
you don't want another John Cena, somebody that's going to be bigger than the company. Obviously, they want to make the company look worth buying, worth investing in without it costing, you know, it's, it's, it's going to cost many, many billions of dollars. But if you've got a Cena or a Strowman, a Roman, guys like that, the Rock, Rock Lesnar, is going to just double and triple that, isn't it? So do you think there's any any truth to that as being why they're not trying to build people? Well, I'll answer that in two different sections. Number one, do I think Vince McMahon will sell the company as long as he's alive? No. Just personal <laughs> opinion. No. Number two, I mean, there's something to, like, like they just got rid of Braun Strowman, which I couldn't believe. Mm. Couldn't believe. But maybe he was making so much money and they are trying to cut some money to make the company look like it's worth more to investors. I don't know. I don't know why you wouldn't want big stars. Like, I get it. You don't want Maybe, maybe there is some truth to that. You don't want guys to be like John Cena who can go to do movies or whatever they want to do. But it's just – it's crazy, man. Like, that's why the ratings are down. But they're not losing any money. That's the thing. They might not care about the ratings. There's my um, there's my thoughts on it. I don't think they care. They're I, the best TV deals they've ever gotten. You know, there's YouTube they're making money off of. They're making money in other ways. They don't really need the ratings. <laughs> but it's crazy, like. I, I said this to a lot of people. I went to the beach last week, Ocean City, Maryland, here where I live. And I've been going there my whole life. <clears throat> and I remember seeing people on the boardwalk just with wrestling shirts on all the time. And all the T-shirt shops would sell wrestling shirts. I went there last week. I didn't see anyone wearing wrestling shirts. And I didn't see anyone selling wrestling shirts at the T-shirt shop. And I'm like, wow, we are at an all-time low. No one outside our bubble cares like or they would be selling shirts and the people would be wearing shirts and I, it was sad man i hope it gets better i really do yeah it's not that's not really they want kids to watch but they're not really doing anything to bring those kids in by you know you haven't got happy hoggy bailey anymore you haven't got john cena around all the time there's nothing really to there's a lot of darker and grittier things going on at the moment that don't really appeal to kids you know right, I, I thought I, otis was great i thought otis was yeah. like Matt Riddle's pretty entertaining right now. He's, you know, to a kid, he, like, he might, you know, they probably think he's hilarious because he is, like, you know, talking about it, AJ Styles hopping around like a bunny rabbit and all that. Like, And, you know, I will give WWE that right now they seem to be going with Riddle, like yeah. putting them in spots to succeed. So that's good to see. I think, like, Shotzi Blackheart, I have high hopes for Shotzi Blackheart. Yeah. Yeah. Um comes out in a tank. How many of those toy tanks could, could they sell to kids? You know what I mean? Like the little uh, helmets and all that. And she looks different. She's she's good in the ring. Um, she has all those gimmicks. Like I said, the the, the tank and the and the hat, and all that. She has she's different color hair. And I, like I have high. I think she I think she could be like a Becky Lynch or a Sasha Banks or a Bailey, that caliber of uh, of a uh, performer. So, and then I, I love carrying across at Scarlet. Hopefully they keep them together and put them on the main roster. Uh, there, there's potential there throughout. And hopefully it's just up to them, man. It's up to the, how they portray these people on television. Yeah, man. And I can, if Vince McMahon somehow sees this episode and he hasn't already thought of this, Matt Riddle, win money in the bank, grow in the bank. It's, it writes itself, grow in the bank, you could sell replica briefcases that say bro in the bank. Like you say, that appeals to kids. Kids love props. Kids love toys. There's so many ways that, that you can get kids back involved again and 
like you say, Shotzi's a really good example. She's got a different look, the bright green hair. When I first got into wrestling in like, uh, man, like the mid nineties, mid to late nineties, it was Matt and Jeff Hardy that that really sucked me in because they looked different. I'd not seen anything like that before. I'd not seen anybody jumping off of fucking thirty foot ladders to hurt each other before. You know, it's that stuff that, that they can really. They need to just hone in on it a bit more, focusing on on what brought people in before. Um, right, I want to move away from WWE just just a little bit. Um, I know that you're obviously very synonymous with WWE, but you also spent some time with with NWA quite recently, didn't you? What was it like? working with Billy Corgan, I know that you've you've got, you and me have got quite similar music tastes. I've, I've seen you talk about it in, in interviews before. So being such a, a big fan of, of rock music, what was, what was it like working with Billy Corgan? What's he like opposed to, to Vince McMahon? So, yeah, I didn't really um, get to know him that well. I met him. I got a picture with him. Um, I was around him maybe twice. And, you know, I didn't really get a good and I, I feel people out pretty well but i didn't get it like I, I didn't really get a good sense of personality from them, so i don't know yeah. like it was just business 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 and, and a lot of people that's the way you got to treat it um I, it was cool for me personally because i loved smashing buckets growing up so i was like oh yeah that's this cool this guy owns this place and um hopefully he does good things with it um i had a blast working with all of this i think all of this is amazing i it's a shame that he hasn't had a WWE run and, and, and might not ever have one because he, he, he looks more like a WWE superstar than anyone out there. And he talks great and he looks amazing in the suit and he just looks like a world champion. Um, so Billy Corgan's has been very smart having him as his top guy. Um, uh, yeah. So, but I had a good time uh, a couple of times I did work there. Um, and hopefully, uh, you know, going forward, um, the NWA grows. Uh, Thunder Roses, you know, I know she's there. She's a friend of mine. She's awesome. I mean, I always knew she was going to get over. Every times, man, I'd be on the Indies like three or four years ago after WWE, and I'd see like Shotzi Blackheart or Thunder Rosa or um, Isaiah Scott um, or like Karrion Cross, And I'm like, man, Matt Riddle. Matt Riddle's the number one. I, re- I wrestled Matt Riddle, WrestleMania week in 2018, and I was like, and I would see these people, I'd go, these people need to be signed. And they're all signed now. Everyone that I thought that should be signed, they're all, I'm like, maybe I got a, you know, good eye for uh, talent. I don't know. But I've got, like, you I remember, to I've got you to thank, definitely. Yeah, I know. Mean, but uh, I'm like, I, I remember wrestling Matt Riddle going, this guy needs to be on TV right now. Like, I was like, this guy has everything. He looks different. He talks different. He acts different. He even wrestles different. Like, and it's all a good different. And I, I'm just happy for him. But, yeah, man, I had a blast at NWA getting back to that question. It was cool for me as a fan of Billy Corgan to work for him a few t- times for sure. Have you ever had any talks of, like, Ring of Honor or Impact or MLW, any of those kind of places? Have you ever got any desires to work for one of those guys? Well, Impact I did a few times. I did a couple of house shows with them. Um, and I did their Bound for Glory pay-per-view against Eli Drake, who's now L.A. Knight in NXT. Yeah. And I've really had a good time working for that band. Locker was cool, it was chill, it was fun. But, dude, like, my character, the Ellsworth character, it's a WWE character, it's a WWE guy. And I get that, I understand that. It's like, like I said, it's like a boogeyman or a hornswoggle. Or hornswoggle, he might pop up, like, an impact every now and then, like like me or whatever. But we're WWE characters, and it's hard to get away from that when you're a character. Like, you're, most of your work is character work. 
you know, like TJ Perkins is a wrestler, great wrestler. He gets to wrestle at MLW. He gets to wrestle at Impact because he's a great wrestler. He, like, I'm, I'm a character. Yeah, if I pop up, it's funny once or whatever or not. But, yeah, like, and those companies are more wrestling-driven than character-driven, you know? Yeah, man, absolutely. Um, obviously, going back to WWE, you mentioned it again there, how your character fits WWE the most. Um, I know you were there for three years. Not not a particularly long time to, to be with a company, but obviously you weren't, like you said before, you weren't consistently wrestling every single week, every single day. Um, I know you did house shows as well, but stuff like that. But if you can, if you can sum up that time that you were there, what would what would be your absolute top highlight of, of all your time in WWE? You wrestled some huge names. You were a part of some huge moments, some fantastic segments and interactions. You got to kiss Carmella backstage. You know, you've, you know, some pretty cool stuff. How would you, how would you sum it all up? If, if your wrestling career was to end literally today or tomorrow, how would you look back at your career? Would you say it's been a success? Would you have wanted to have achieved more or would you be quite happy with how it's gone? I'm blessed with what I got to accomplish. Um, I remember getting into wrestling and I go, okay, the end game here, the last, the biggest show you could be on is WrestleMania. So, so when I got into wrestling, I was 17. I said, that's my goal. I got to be on WrestleMania. Cause like they asked us our goals at, and at wrestling school and I was 17. I was like, and they're like, what's your goal? I was like, I want to be on WrestleMania. And they're like, man, you're, you're, you're thinking all the way. Ain't you? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> so I remember like, um, being at the, uh, curtain at WrestleMania and, and Mickey James was there. Mickey James was my first match when I was 17. The first person I ever wrestled in a match in front of people when she was Alexis Larray. And it's because no, no other wrestler was there to wrestle her. So they had me wrestle. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and um, so I remember being at the curtain and looking over and I was like, man, like things just are full circle. Like Mickey James was my first match. and She was involved in that match at WrestleMania. So I'm standing there in the curtain of what I consider the last resort, WrestleMania, the, the highest of highs. And I'm like, she's my first match, and she's involved in my match at WrestleMania. Like, wow. So that was my goal was WrestleMania. I got to be a part of it. Becky Lynch gave me a big bump in the match in front of, you know, 75,000 people. It was, it was great. But do I want to accomplish more? Of course, any performer, any entertainer, any person involved in any kind of, you know, theatrics wants more, wants to do more because it's, it's in us to want to perform. I love performing on the indie level. And, I you know, I say it a a million i've said it a million times I, i've performed in front of seven people i've performed in front of seventy-five thousand people and i've performed in front of you know numerous amounts of people in between and it doesn't matter how many people i'm in front of i just love to do it it's fun for me i enjoy it so i'm be 37 this year i could see myself wrestling for another five six years but i always want to be involved man like in the future, I'd love to be like a Jim Cornette, a Jimmy Hart, a Bobby Brain Heenan, like, you know, like I was for Carmella because it worked. It worked, man. That girl, I helped that girl. She, I, I helped her get over and she's such a star now and she's doing so good. And she's got a big uh, women's title match coming up against Bianca Belair on SmackDown this week. And people love her and people know her. And a lot of times people bring me up because I was with her and she would have 
became a star without me. But when once they put me with their bet, like it was just like so, after the Money in the Bank thing it was so good. It, it was so different from everything else that was going on. Um, and I, I really cherish my time with her, and I'm great. She's still, I'm, I'm very happy for her that she's still uh, hitting home runs there, and um, anything she does, it, it's been working. Um, but yeah, man, I got to have a WWE title match on lot when the main event of SmackDown. Like I, I did a lot of cool stuff. I got to be in the Royal Rumble. Royal Rumble is my favorite pay per view. I got to be a part of that. Obviously, in the future, I'd love to go back and do more. But I'm very blessed on what I've been able to do uh, in my career for sure. Yeah, man, like you say, in those three years, it sounds like you've you've accomplished more than than some wrestlers do in a lifetime. You know, yeah. it's um, incredible that it just literally came out of nowhere. You just made one one quick appearance on TV. Ron Strowman completely destroyed you, and then boom! Shortly after that, you get in WWE title matches. Man, it's it's the stuff you are made of. It's incredible. Um, James, man, that that's all I've got for you today, man. Thank you, thank you so much for joining me. Um, before I let you go, though, where where can viewers find you on like social media and YouTube and pro wrestling tees and things like that? You can find me on Twitter at real Ellsworth. Find me on Instagram at James Ellsworth wrestling and find me on cameo. At, uh, just go to cameo.com and search James Ellsworth. My videos are a lot of fun. I'm not like just hurrying up and getting it done. I'm having fun with my videos. <laughs> I like roasting people. It's, it's just a good time. Yeah, man. Brilliant. And guys, as usual, thank you for joining us. You know where to find me. It'll be down here along the bottom of the screen at PWCDs. It's all in the About section, all in the link tree in my Twitter bio. Guys, James, thank you so much. It's been an absolute blast. And until next time, everybody, thank you and take care. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early, so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts, so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.